Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the Hospital Finance Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about factors affecting the wage index uh, in the proposed 2020 IPPS rule. And joining me to discuss that is Bob Mahoney, who is a senior consultant on our reimbursement services team here at Bessler. Bob, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Mike. Glad to be here. And I think this is an interesting topic. Yeah, I think so too. So Bob, why why don't you just tee this up for us? Because as I mentioned in the opening here, um, in the the wage index is is mentioned prominently in in the 2020 proposed rule. And that seems to stem from a report that came out from the OIG last November. What's going on? Yeah, in November, by November 23rd, the OIG issued a report that was highly critical of the Medicare wage index process and suggested dramatic tra- changes. And then all of a sudden in April, the proposed rule for FY 2020 came out, and we're seeing some dramatic changes to the wage index. And I just really think to kick this off the best way is I just want to go through the wage index for people that might not be familiar with it and uh you know in section 1886 of social security act the secretary and the medicare rule adjust you know proposed to adjust the wage level in the geographic hospital compared to the national average wage level and to put that in simple terms if the cost of living across the country was the same for everybody the wage index across the country would be one but as we know it costs different to live in different parts of the area different cities and you know, on the East Coast and the West Coast. So to, to adjust Medicare payments so Medicare can treat patients properly and pay people properly to, to have them work in that right area, they, they came up with the wage index in that role. And the wage index, simply, you know, New York and the East Coast and the West Coast, Silicon Valley has the highest wage index, well over one, close to two. And where, you know, states and rural states and states in the Midwest have well under one. And the wage in, the way it's done is based on how you submit your course report. Over the S3, part two through five, you submit wage data, hours, wage-related costs, and contract labor data, and that is, that's how they combine your, they come up with your wage index. Now, the wage the hospital providers are put in based group by counties, so and it can, it's called CBSAs, county-based statistical areas. And based on your county's wage index is how you get paid. But there are ways to move out of this, to reclass out and get a better wage index. And, you know, those are by being rural, by uh, being a frontier state, which came in the ACA. There are geographic reclasses and out-migration adjustments. And that's what anything, when the new rules come out and different loopholes, people use it to to get the better wage for their hospital. And that is really where the OIG report comes in. And this isn't the first time this has happened. In 20, 2005, MedPAC issues the report with a lot of the same results with issues against about the wage index. And again, in 2011, the AHA re- reduced the report talking about the wage index and issues that had to be done. And so far, not a lot has been done, but now we're seeing it in the final rule. So, Bob, why don't you walk us through this latest OIG report and, and tell us what, what in there uh, kind of stirred the pot this time? Well, I guess what really stirred the pot is 
They said the Medicare OIG reported that the Medicare program overpaid at least 272 hospitals, 140.5 million dollars, and that number is going to raise some eyebrows and and people that get people talking, especially with the current administration looking to keep quality but cut costs. And they, the OIG said there were significant vulnerabilities in the wage index, and they they recommended a comprehensive reform of the wage index, you know, to reflect labor prices in the true hospital area. And, you know, it speaks to the reclass that I discussed earlier and many other issues. And so, I mean, it's it's they want to just make sure that the discrete, the biggest thing they said that they wanted to use is the CBWI, which is the commuting base wage index. And that's a significant change because the CBWI would use smaller discrete labor market areas and only use wage data from hospitals that employ workers in that area, in theory matching the labor market to the area, which is a significant change as we discussed. It's not exactly happening that way now. Bob, did the OIG have any other recommendations in that report? They certainly did, and let me walk through those now. They wanted to seek legislative authority to penalize hospitals that submit inaccurate, incomplete wage data. You know, and the, the wage index is a budget neutral. So everybody, if one gets higher, if somebody gets lower, and it all comes out even, and it's based on county groups and everybody's spread out. So if the data is not complete or accurate, you're just not getting the information properly, and they're making, you know, the money's being moved around based on this data. And when we look at puff files and all, you'll see quite anomalies where some people, you know, it's a dollar an hour, some people making a $1,000 an hour for the same task in the same county, and you just know that's not correct. It's just not being filled out properly. And it's very important. So if a hospital's in a good CBSA or they have a rule that helps them, they don't, it, it looks like sometimes they don't put an effort into that. And this, the OIG doesn't think that's the best way to do business. They also want to seek legislation to repeal the rural floor. Interesting about the rural floors is three states, New Jersey, Delaware, and Rhode Island, that do not have a rural floor. They're considered all urban. The rural floor states that uh, no hospital in the state can be lower than the rural, than the lowest rural hospital. So if you're an urban hospital and there's a rural hospital that pays well, you're going to get that payment. And it's kind of a rule that was set out to protect rural hospitals, but it has been used and by other hospitals in other states to gain, to gain uh, wage dollars, which helps their Medicare payment. And it's been an issue along that now states are becoming rural, completely rural. They also wanted to repeal the whole harmless provisions in the federal laws prevents hospitals from having the wage index because of geographical low reclasses of other hospitals. Other hospitals get aggressive and they reclass, it hurts another hospital because of that. And they also want to work with the, the Medicare administrators, the MAC, for greater audits. The wage index, like I said, that if you have bad data, if you ordered it more, you might capture some of that data. But, you know, as everybody's pressed for time, the MAC just generally do scope audits on wage index and don't spend as much time as OIG believes they should. So, you know, it, so far CMS has agreed that the MAC should have greater scope on wage audits and more audits, and that's been going on since MedPAC. We discussed earlier in AHA that this information needs to be reviewed in greater scope.
Okay, so those are all the things that the OIG recommended. How does the proposed rule address those concerns? Well, I guess that what they're doing is that they're proposing changes to the rural floor calculation, making it making it more difficult and less advantageous for urban hospitals to become rural. You know, rural hospitals currently receive rural floor in states that have it, also receive GMN benefits and drug pricing benefits. And now what has happened is because of the way it works, there are hospitals in New York City and Midtown Manhattan that are considered rural, and there's hospitals in Los Angeles and Chicago that are considered rural and reaping the benefits of being a rural hospital while paying their employees properly. So that throws off the whole system, and that's something that the OIG has major concerns with. Any other changes, Bob? Yes, and what they're proposing, when hospitals have wage index values below the 25th percentile, if you lined up all 3,000 hospitals in the country, they would see an increase. While those above 75 percentile would send a decrease. So really, they're trying to bring everybody closer together and make less room for people to try to maximize the wage index through appeals and reclasses and other ways that it's been done. So, Bob, besides the OIG report, are there any other factors that are that are driving these changes in the proposed rule? Yeah, as you can tell by everything I've said before, CMS does believe that hospitals are using the urban to rural reclass to inter- inappropriately you know, influence the wage index. And there's hospitals in states and cities that are rural, and there's hospitals spread out that are becoming the states that are all rural and they're getting the benefits of the rural hospital, though it's set up and great in concept, and it does work. It, there was some legalities and appeals that have made it happen that we're seeing the urban to rural change. I, that was part of the OIG's item, and I think that's something that the r- proposed rule is going to adjust, and I think we're going to see more changes to that going further. Bob, thanks for stopping by today and shedding some light on these proposed changes uh, to the wage index. I suppose we'll have to wait a couple months to see how everything uh, shakes out. Yeah, when the final rule comes out in August, I mean, this is in the comment period. Obviously, hospitals that are going to get hurt by this are writing comments and reaching out to their legislators to try to keep their wage index the way it is. But the OIG, the administration, now know that it's an issue, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. I look forward to speaking about it when the final rule comes out. Thank you. Sounds great. Thanks for coming by, Bob. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.